High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Our guest today is a business person who's been the head of five different companies and is on the board of Purple Group Limited, which uh, deals with in financial services and technology, and was formerly the non-executive chairman. He's also been on the board of World Wildlife Fund South Africa. In the past, he occupied the position of CEO of South African Post Office Limited, um, as well as chairman at South African Futures Exchange, non-executive chairman of GT247 PTY Limited, and group CEO at Capital Alliance Holdings Limited. So he, we are dealing with a man who knows about business, leadership, and running businesses. Mark Barnes, welcome. Sir, it's great to be here. Thank you for including me. <laughs> Pleasure. Um, I really wanted to chat with you about the extent to which business speaks out against the, the crises in government. Because we have, on the one hand, we have a sort of very polite, very reticent um, comments made by, they say, banking officials, etc. And then you have the very, shall we say, robust and possibly over-the-top uh, uh, um Words emanating from people like uh, Rob Hersov. What, for you, is the is the key way to deal with it? And I ask the question because one of the problems I think with being an ordinary member of the public and a, and a voter is that when you don't, you're not in those rarefied areas. You kind of you don't know what you 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 not you don't know what's going on. You just get frustrated, and you see the corporate sector as having at least some level of power that they can exercise that we can't. Yeah, it's an interesting phenomenon, and there's no doubt in my mind that business has not stood up as they should. Uh, in fact, my my column this week in Business Day talks about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, first of all, it's, this is contextualizes. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what we need is we need an intersection between the centers of political and economic power. Mm-hmm. Okay. And those two are not intersected, it seems to me, at almost any level. Okay. And so what's required in the first instance is for the leaders, such as they are in both areas, uh, to leave their baggage at the door mm-hmm. and to seek common purpose mm-hmm. rather than to defend pre uh, understood positions or, or, or past positions for that matter. So you have two people standing on either side of a divide, shouting the odds at each other, describing the problem to one another, but not engaging. Mm. And it's got to do with some uh, money issues, but it's also, you know, psycho- psychologically, I mean, there's a, there's a sort of an inferiority complex mm. uh, amongst inexperienced business people who happen to be in government uh, business entities, and there's a superior com- you know, complex on the on the other side of businessmen who feel and women who feel that they just know exactly what to do. And we need to move that all aside and control alternative, delete it and go like, what about the future? Okay. And so you have, uh, you have things like invest South Africa, which mm. in my view hasn't really achieved anything. Uh, the CEOs, uh, and other emissaries or whatever they call them nowadays, uh, go there and business essentially acquiesces to government. Mm. Okay. Um, I don't want, you know, I, used, I have a sort of a, a maxim, which I try and adhere to, and I don't always succeed, which is, you know, don't show off, don't suck up. Mm, mm. Okay. And so we have a lot of that happening at these kinds of things. And there are a few reasons for that. The first one is the CEOs are not the owners of capital. Mm, mm. 
The CEOs are the employees and the shareholders are the, are the owners of capital. So you need to speak to the boss. Mm. The boss isn't the CEO. Mm. The boss has got a job and he's got a code of conduct and he's got certain parameters within which he can operate and speak and do all of those kinds of things. The real owners of capital are for the most part in South Africa not that well known. Mm. Mm. Okay. So, uh, that's, that's the first point. So we've got to gather the real political and economic power to start talking to each other. Then, you know, the debate is, well, you know, th- any number of models have been tried to try and cross this divide, and they haven't succeeded. And again, on Thursday, there's a lot I've written about this. Uh, you know, we've tried structural enforcement, you know, like as you mentioned, BE earlier, or, uh, you know, rules of behavior. Mm. But you, but, but at first you need common purpose. Let's, let's take something we're good at. Okay. Uh, rugby. We're the world champions at rugby. Uh, if you look at a photograph of the Springbok rugby team, it's achieved demographic representation on merit. Mm. Okay, why? Well, because there's common purpose. Mm. It's kind of simple. In rugby, when the final whistle goes, the, per- the team with the most points wins. Mm. There's no mm. other outcome. Okay. And, and you know that if you want to score a try, you better pass the ball that you've just fought for with your big strong props to the skinny guy on the wings that he can run like hell and put it down on the other side of the line. Okay, So if you don't pass the ball, you won't score a try. Mm. So there's no passing of the ball amongst us. We're all sort of protecting our preconceived ideas and our outdated legacies. And if you look to business for the example of legacy failure, you will find it in abundance. Mm. You will find the Kodaks, the IBMs, uh, the old-fashioned thinking and old-fashioned legacy systems which – those who built want to protect. Mm, mm. And so everyone is looking to preserve their past. Well, it's not about that, actually. Mm. We need to stop talking. You know, if, if, you know, I discovered this of myself and I hope to, I'm correcting it. People used to say to me, what are you doing? Mm. And I used to tell them what I used to do. Well, if you do that, you haven't got a future. Mm. Okay. And we must stop talking about where we've come from and start talking about uh, uh, where we're going to. I think it might have even been Golda Meir who said, uh, we will only solve this Middle East conflict when we love our future more than we hate our past. Mm. Okay. And I think that's something we could adopt here. So um, our business hasn't had the courage uh, to stand up. We've all wanted to be well-behaved and polite. The time for that is over. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's ex- you know that's the thing that, that that worries me. I mean, you tend to, I, I mean, I love the term that comes from the president about the, repeatedly forming a social compact. That's it, it, it's 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 it hasn't a currency anymore because it's been used so often and achieved so little. But I wondered whether an, an entity like um, Nedlac can serve any such meaningful purpose. Um, one, I mean, the, 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 uh, the two things that concern me, the one is that it's, it's government, it's business, and it's labor, and it's the community. And it, it, uh, I mean, the community is anything and everything. How, how can you have a, a, an economic policy that determined by community? The, the people who are the experts at the economy... Uh, over the economy have to actually get together and the parties from my, from my point of view, the producers of potential, um, um, success 
is, is business and, and government. And, you know, yeah, everything yeah. else is faffing on the margins. There are any number of uh, organizations. There's business unity, there's business leadership, there's NEDLAC, there's, you know, there, there are any number of organizations which kind of aggregate opinion. Mm. But they don't make things, mm. okay, mm. and they don't do things, and so they have a they have a role in my view. But their role is to get a mandate from their membership mm. to do something, mm. not to express a thought or to describe a problem. We are the world's leaders at problem definition. Okay. <laughs> There's no one here that you know. You can sit down in any coffee shop or any household <laughs> and def- and ask someone what. What's going on? And they'll describe the problems. You know, yeah. we've got this pothole and that electricity and so on. Uh, you know, we all know the problems. Okay. So it's now, it's now, what are the elements of design that are needed to start addressing these problems in an incremental, measurable, and obvious way? Okay. So uh, now that requires us to step down from our you know, our, our positions and, and to, as you put it, walk amongst the community and ask. So I think, I mean, last year I went away for a month. I went on my own with a camera, a notebook and a car. And I went driving around all the smaller towns of, 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 of South Africa looking. And it occurred to me that, you know, there's a concept which I coined, uh, LEE, local economic empowerment, that if we took the business opportunities and the capital to where the people are, mm. instead of inviting them to where we want them to go, we might have a lot more success. Mm. I mean, if you look at business and if you look at uh, its success, it is always founded on the solution to a problem. Mm. If you want to make money, solve a problem. Why does Uber work so well? Because Uber comes to you. It's that mm. simple. Mm. You used to have to go look for a taxi. Now you tell it to come find you. Okay. Mm. It's, it's, so we, we should we should be... We should be dispersing capital. We should be dispersing authority. We should be enabling lo- locally. And let me coin a phrase here. We should start looking at a thing called crowd fixing instead of just crowdfunding, okay? Mm-hmm. Where everyone can make a small contribution towards an outcome. It's looking increasingly difficult for us to solve the country at the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my experience, and I've engaged across various parties, and we can talk about coalitions later if you like, uh, uh, the energy is misspent on each other. Mm. I mean, I can remember leading up to the December uh, conference mm. ANC, and the whole national debate was about six people, not about 60 mm. million people. Mm. And so we need to get that all that cutter out of the way. And there can be no doubt that there has to be an accord between business and, and, and power and, mm-hmm. and, and political power. Having said that, everyone sort of flip-flops between you know, privatization and state control. That's not the dynamic. Okay. Privatization is not the answer. Okay. Partnership is the answer. Mm. Now, why do I say that? We could privatize anything. Well, we practically privatized anything that we can. You know, healthcare, schooling, security, uh, you know, postal services for that matter, and, and, and so on. These things have been privatized for about 3% of the population. Mm. Okay. Mm. That's not the solution. No. So we have to go much broader and much deeper than that, and that means that we have to redefine the enabling role, not the controlling role, but the enabling role of the state. The state's only source of revenue is tax. Mm. To the extent that we can create successful commercial realities to support transformation. Without money, there's no transformation, okay? So to the extent that we can do that, 
more tax will pour into the state, and the state can deploy that tax in virtuous, uh, socially motivated, um, enabling mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And, for example, I've got a strong view about social development. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we practice social development in the country. We practice social rescue. Mm-hmm. Okay, social development starts at six, age six, okay, by having schools that have got toilets in them, something I tweeted about this morning. Um, uh, uh, and not at 66 when your life is, your economic life is practically spent no. and you have to go around, you know, uh, with a bowl. Mm. So the, some of those things, though, require us, uh, you know, uh, to take steps towards a currently uncomfortable middle. Mm. But in my personal experience, when it comes to conflict, when it comes to, uh, you know, threats, the first person to take a step towards the middle always wins. And I think that's true of personal relationships as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. In a conflict situation, if you're have, having a fight with your partner, you want to win the fight, take the first step to the middle. Mm. It, it sounds from what you're saying with a sort of taking, taking the, taking, taking the help, taking the, the, the work to the, to, to people, to the small towns. You, you're looking really at dealing with at municipal level, yeah. uh, not provincial, not national. Um, here's a concern. You often dealing with very fractured politics, um, and people who, Frankly, just don't have the skills, don't have the skills of governance and don't, and don't uh, have any experience in the business sector. How do you get round that sense of perhaps inferiority that's going to rather put a, a spoke in the wheel than actually see something happen? In the same way that you feed a chicken. You know, I don't know if you, if, if you ever sat watching chickens eat in the, in their hockey. They eat one little pip at a time. Okay. But by the end of the day, they've eaten lots of pips, and they're full. Okay, So how do you do it? You do it by incremental evidence of its virtue, mm-hmm. not by postulating a dream, but by engaging with something that's possible. Mm. Okay, One flushing toilet in deep slurt will change the world. One. Mm. Now, there's a whole lot of reticulation and all sorts of other things which need to come together for that to happen. Sure. Um, and so you, you go down and you do something. We are in near collapse mode mm. in South Africa. And, you know, there's a, um, you know, there's a, there's an old understanding of this phenomenon. Things gradually deteriorate and then they collapse mm. quickly. And that's we almost are. there. Okay. And so people are hurtful, to use an accounting expression, of, uh, of, of promises and dreams and mega cities and fabulous things like that. What they want is someone, and they don't care where that person comes from, who's delivering them food mm. or teaching them to plant food or imparting knowledge through an education system so that their children come home slightly more knowledgeable today than they were yesterday. Those are now the measurables, not mm. popular. Popularity has let us down. Mm. Okay. First of all, you know, to, 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 to create a constitutional democracy out of a country as diverse as ours was a monumental challenge. You know, mm. I studied statistics at university, and it's almost impossible to imagine a normal distribution of votes coming out of a non-homogeneous population such as we've got, which is, you know, 10 or 11 mm. different stuff. So, you know, we have to, we have to, you know, if you, if you're arguing with someone, if you're thirsty, mm-hmm. okay, 
you won't follow the person who talks about the river and the and and and, and the rain. Mm. You talk about the person who gives you a bottle of water. Mm. And so we need to do that. And I think it's I think it's still possible. But the alternative of not doing it now, like next week, mm. is that we will uh, we will we will we, we we're already seeing signs of diminished civilized behavior mm, for goodness mm. sake you know and it's you know it starts with little things you know no one gives a damn about a robot anymore mm. okay a robot is just an optional away. extra okay you just when you get there you go but it doesn't matter green red working not working you'll get away with it mm. okay uh, and so those would be some i don't think there's another way mm. i don't think there's any uh, you know messiah that's going to come here and mm. preach us a gospel that we have to instill Edible faith. Mm. Okay. People have to go, uh, 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 I'm not interested in your speech anymore. I've just eaten a meal that came out of this exercise. Mm. I've just eaten past tense. Not I'm promised a meal, mm. but I've got one. Okay. And, uh, and I took the sand out of the, out of the porridge because I didn't need it there as a filler anymore. Mm. Then we've got something which is the starting point, which is hope. Okay. We need the prospect. Of universal economic dignity Not its delivered mm. result It's practically impossible To contemplate delivering A flourishing, equal and prosperous South Africa in the next three years Or whatever time frame you want to choose It is possible within the next 18 months mm. Or even less To deliver the prospect To create the faith mm. So that we watch Each other mm. And we help and instruct each other I mean you look at the Underlying concept of a stock fell, for example. Mm. Okay. Now, stock fells are just, uh, you know, savings mechanisms, and I'm involved in advising uh, that body, uh, you know, which which don't get a great return on the investment, and they don't, mm. and they have, you know, some uh, some fundamental issues which are not as good as they could be if they were members of the normal uh, formal economy, but they have extraordinary features. Mm. They self-regulating. In the main. So if you, a member of a stock fell, and you pitch up wearing a Rolex, but I'm sorry, they're going to go like, where'd you get that from? Mm. This is our money. Mm. If you are a member of a tidy society and you drop litter, we need self-motivation more than we need promises. Mm-hmm. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Mark, it strikes me from what you've said that you're going to have a lot of Senior management that kind of doesn't know the, 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 the area it needs to go into. It, it's they're they're not, they're like babes in the wood. Um, how to deal with uh, with things on the ground? How to deal with with the people who live in in uh, in rural areas? How to deal with the municipalities, etc. And you know, I think I think there's a very much an urban, a sophisticated urban look that you're just struggling with. Would it serve, for example, uh, to, and we mentioned him in the, in, in earlier this morning, somebody like Dr. Imtia Suleiman, who's, who runs uh, Gift of the Givers, now he, he does exactly the emergency thing, the, bore, the boreholes, the water, the, the food, the clothing, all of that sort of thing. Um, is there not room for people where people do that, for the business community to follow up and keep and, and create something more stable, and more long-lasting in terms of the of, of the programs you have in mind. Listen, MTS has done an extraordinary mm-hmm. thing for our country, and I congratulate him. 
But business has got a different function. Mm. Business creates value, doesn't preserve life, so mm. to speak. Okay. Now, I don't want that to be interpreted unkindly. But at the foundation of all of these virtuous possibilities is the need to have embedded functional capital creating value, okay, economic value. Now, uh, where is that going to come from? It, it could come, it could pour into this country from offshore mm. if we made it welcome and if we, uh, and if we, if we didn't make it difficult and if we behaved ourselves, you know. I mean, I just saw released recently that Cape Town is the best long distance uh, destination in the world. And there's all sorts of other, I drove around the Karoo for a couple of weeks. I mean, it's extraordinary, okay, what we have here. But beyond all of those obvious things like mineral wealth and, uh, you know, our agricultural, not only is our agricultural product, product, produce, but our agricultural expertise is being is, is being exported. But I'll tell you what we've got that no one can match. Okay. Resilience. We've been through this game, eh? Mm. We're still here. And I think that when it comes down to it, you know, on the level in the street, more often than not, we like each other already. Mm. Now, can we get the people who make well out of the fact that we don't out of the room? Okay. Uh, there are still people whose only, uh, you know, uh, statement is, you know, trouble. Mm. Okay, well, you know, I was going to use a bad word yet, but I'm, I'm uh, you know, I went to government school, so you'd forgive me. But so, so I, th- I think people don't know. But what will it take? An existential crisis for us to drop our shit and get involved? Mm. Okay. Well, I think that's closer than we would like it. We're not we, in we'd it like already, it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, of course. It does come down to leadership. Mm. It does come down to some influential, and I'm not talking about influencers. That's a whole mm. new category of people. Uh, influential people with proven track records and demonstrable knowledge mm. f- to get out of their comfort zone where they play happily and comfortably and go and do something difficult, mm. something that they are not Accustomed to not a big ship that's sailing through still waters, but a rough. We need some pirates on the ships, man. We need to get our swords out and fight the the dangers that affront us. And if we don't break that comfort zone and get involved, we'll have a much more uncomfortable zone to deal with coming forward. So, I I I think people are starting to do. I mean, part of the problem is our inequality. Okay, mm-hmm. so. So, you know, uh, you know, for a lot of people, there isn't a crisis. There's a bubble. Mm. Okay. And as I said recently in a piece I wrote, uh, we've, we've got a whole bunch of bubbles, you know, drifting around on a, on a toxic sea, mm. you know. Uh, and so get off your bum, man. You know, come and do something, even if it's in the immediate surroundings mm. of your neighborhood. I was driving here through Norwood and there's this guy walking his dog. He hardly made any progress because every time he saw a piece of litter, he picked it up. Now, imagine if we all did that, okay, just a little bit, just one piece of paper every day. There'd be no litter. No litter instills national pride. Common purpose and national pride are the only sanctities Mm. from which we can build this nation with a better life for all that we all voted for some 30 years ago or thereabouts. And so I think we've got it in us. Let's not wait till we're forced to bring it out. Let's mm. just get out of there. Get get out of get up, man. Mm. Stand up. Can I sort of slightly swing it for the last few minutes? And that is to talk about leadership. Um, to my mind, leadership is 
characterized at its core to being prepared to take the hard decisions, sometimes urgently, and being to take uh, and taking responsibility for them. And I, th- I mean, it sounds straightforward enough, but I, to my mind, that is that is actually very tough. Well, the first requirement is to know what you're doing. Oh yeah, that. Okay, so uh, you know, there's a, there's a great article in the Wall Street Journal. I think it was about airmanship, about pilots who know how to fly. Okay. And they just know because they've been doing it forever. And there's no – they don't have to read the manual every morning. They read the weather. They read the situation. They read the – and they fly accordingly. Yeah, they've got some basic things, and they've also got a backup, and the captain is watching what they're doing, and he's not insistent on flying. I mean, our leaders are older across all dimensions, mm. business and uh, government and elsewhere. They're, they're old. I mean, not we're not alone. You know, mm. the U.S. might be yeah, leading absolutely. that charge, okay, and <laughs> others. Okay. Uh, but But – we need to stand behind our youth. When I say youth, I'm talking about 40 year old plus. Okay, we need, we need a 50 year old leader of South Africa who's got, who sees a long rail ahead of them. Okay. But to go back to leaders, you first of all need to know what you're doing, not in an arrogance. I mean, you can't become a dentist by a popular vote. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. God yeah. help us. Yeah. So, and you wouldn't want to go to such a dentist. So let the experts Become part of the team, not own the team, not direct the team, but become part of the team. And by the way, you don't need a doctor to become a leader or a master's degree or anything. Leaders are people who know where the mountain is and who then gather teams together to help them get there. Okay. Then, then we are appointing followers in our country, not leaders. Okay. And it's not going to bode well. So the first thing is, is is confidence based on experience, celebrating the differences amongst your team that you don't have, mm-hmm. and then conviction, conviction and passion and determination, and a very very clear definition mm-hmm. of the outcome that you're seeking. Mm-hmm. Very clear, mm-hmm. so that and some filters that you don't allow yourself to be distracted from the purpose of your mm-hmm. journey. Okay, and. You know, we have people like that. Yeah. You see, I mean, one of the things that's always, every time, you know, you'll have someone in a youth organization or or political party saying, you know, it should be in the hands of of the youth. What's missing, and you see it often in people starting in their career lives and then moving up, is that nothing, no knowledge in the world compensates for experience. Yeah. And that's why people become CEOs in their late 40s, in their 50s. They can't – Very, there's almost going to be very few people who are capable of doing that yeah, when they're genuinely young. Yeah, no, I'm not yeah. talking about them. I'm talking – when I say young, I mean yeah. – no, no, I mean, I mean <laughs> the perception is – 70 years old. Okay, so let's just get a bit younger than that. Okay. Uh, I'm talking about a 50-year-old, 55-year-old. The, the people I am backing in business nowadays are 45 years old and, you know, and so on. So I'm not looking – but it's a buddy-buddy system. You know, there have been some very successful organizations in South Africa that have moved away from traditional age limits mm. and appointed CEOs that are much younger than the industry mm. norm and banking is full of such examples. But they haven't left the room. Okay. The guidance and the wisdom hasn't left the room. But they're not flying the plane. Mm. They're, they're the pilot, not the co-pilot. No, they, they are the, the boss. They mm. are the captain. They are the sitting in the cockpit watching the young technologically proficient, energetic, youthful pilot fly. But every now and again, they go like, ah, 
just go a bit left here, but okay, mm. because I've been that other place where there's lots of storms. Mark, um, needless to say, what's happened is what I thought would happen, and that is that we've come to the end of the, uh, our interview time, and there is a lot more that I could have asked for, <laughs> asked, asked of you. Um, thank you so much for for, for joining us, and uh, it, it was for me a huge amount of fun and enlightening as well. Thank you for including me. I hope we're starting to make a small difference. Thank you.